Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap, Fightful.com. It's January 20th. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. AW. NXT review. I've got Alex Pawlowski of Fightful Selects Sour Graphs. You all can watch live, uh, usually Tuesday and Saturday nights on FightfulSelect.com. We've got Robert D. Felice. You can catch him almost every day on Fightful.com doing all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk AEW. We're going to talk NXT. I want to encourage you guys, check out the Listen Your Boy number 200 that dropped today. We started with uh, a very nice intro that I think you guys would like, but celebrating 200 episodes of that absolute turd show. Cannot believe that the worst wrestling news show has lasted 200 episodes. Uh, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications, subscribe to Fightful uh, Scraps, youtube.com slash Fightful Scraps. Lots of cool stuff over there. Uh, we dropped a mixtape today. <laughs> Alex, you are featured on multiple tracks. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Several. Um, there, there is, of course, your your cover of Judas. Yes, yes. Which was really good. You were the best singer on that track. Well, I mean, there were only two of us. <laughs> there was a Sour Graps inspired song that was a bit of a, a cover of ACDC's TNT that somebody oh, had made. Oh, that's wonderful. And then, of course, there was basically you and I doing the Enzo and Cass intro. Yeah. Oh, yes. and of course, of course, you you provided the laugh on the the Booker T cover. Yes, yeah. So lots of cool stuff over there on our mixtape. Check it out. Um, we're gonna start with AEW tonight just because it seems like that retains viewers more. Yeah, but this to me seemed like, and I. I this is something that somebody that was at the show said, and I agreed with seemed like AEW dark on gas. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we got tagged in a tweet that said NXT was incredible. And I was thinking we were going to start with NXT just because apparently the people thought it was incredible. I was watching AEW, so didn't get a chance to see it. Well, well, the reality is if the NXT takeover post shows 
did anywhere near what the impact post shows did. Yeah. We would probably be leading with NXT, but the, the, the reality of the situation is NXT doesn't retain viewers for us. And I hate that, but it's true. So we're kicking it off with AEW regardless. It's not necessarily a better show thing. Although I think NXT was a better show tonight. Um, I really did think that this was like a souped up episode of AEW dark and AEW dark's really good. Um, but it seemed like they punted on this episode, Robert. Yeah, which makes sense because they announced about 45 things in the span of two minutes for next week and the week after. So I guess this was just a stopgap that they needed. But I don't want that to happen, like ever. Because this, this, we've gotten used to that never happening with this company. If they uh, punt because of the inauguration or because of beach break or anything like that, that ain't what we want. We want them to say... God damn it, bring it on. We don't care. We want we want to be what you want to watch. Like Vince used to be like, he used to hate the Westminster Dog Show and the US Open that would preempt him. So he would go all out on those Saturday shows that, that they would have to do. But uh, it started off with, with Negative One's birthday. I got to say, him screaming at them that his birthday was actually three days ago and throwing the papers. Oh, that was amazing stuff, but I am fully into this Hangman Page story. I, I should put out there, this was in the ring, the sloppiest episode of AEW I've ever seen, of AEW Dynamite I've ever seen. It seemed yeah. like something in almost every match, and you know what? I forgive botches. Sometimes fights are sloppy, but damn, it was everywhere on this show, Robert. Um, any thoughts on that before we get into the match? I would have more to say on that when we get to the main event because that was, oh, that was really bad. But this first match, it was, it had its fun moments because everything that they've done with Brody Lee Jr., they deserve yes. all the credit in the world. Luther, the Japanese deathmatch legend, ate cake. He got hit with a kendo stick. Brody Lee said, My birthday was three days ago. What are you guys doing? He threw the papers. And then Hangman proceeded to break everybody's hearts. Luther's a good promo too. We like we don't hear much of it, but like as far as delivery goes for what he does, I was like, all right, Luther, come on! Like one day he'll be able to be like a mouthpiece for somebody. I think because I, I would imagine they'll want to keep him around for various reasons, especially if they want somebody to confer with on all this violent deathmatch shit that they do here and there. Yeah, well, we know that he's a good talker because we're privy <laughs> to the distraction. Yeah, so we know that. But AEW fans might not. So the after the match ended, they asked Hangman Page to join. I really thought what they were going to do was, and, and I, I would have had conflicted feelings, but they were going to have like negative one be like, no, it's okay type of thing. And it would have led to it. But he says, no, <laughs> they have the celebration drop. <laughs> That's good stuff. Oh, it was the best. I, I, I really loved it because he was like, Guy, and he's—they were like, "Well, he's governor. He's gonna say yes, obviously." So they just went to it, and I love Stu Grace and everybody back there, like pushing the people back, like get back there, no, 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 roll up the, the, the banners you unfurled, stop it. He had a huge banner saying he said yes, like it was like this thing. Public proposals are always risky because you never know. You, you never do. Never know. So, so maybe just, just 
ease back on it a little bit. Yeah, in this case, uh, Hangman pretty much said, I'm not over my last relationship with the group. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm really digging this. He's got to end up with them. He's got to end up with them and leading this group of what aren't really ragtags anymore, but are perceived as it yeah. against like this super group of the elite, I hope. I mean... Like that would that would be really really good. That that is like an underdog story that I can get behind because I know these people aren't really true underdogs because they're all fantastic athletes. But when you put them up against like Omega, Gallows, Anderson, the Bucks, maybe like those are gigantic names in wrestling. Like I think that's that's a really cool approach that they can take. Oh, um, we get a taste of that next week because it's the Bucks and Gallows and Anderson. Against the Dark Order, and I'm sure Hangman's got to play a factor. Yes. Uh, Matt J. Hendricks says, The Dark Order stuff is really the only thing I liked on this show. Elite versus Hangman, Dark Order, War Games. I think Blood and Guts, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a cool way to do it. Uh, Cyclops says, Paige playing hard to get it's all about the chase. This does have a lot of relationship tropes in it, Robert. It's very good, though, Sean. It is. He's the bell at the ball right now. They they all want him. Uh, they never really broke up the elite, so the elite's kind of like that's our guy, and they'll get around to that eventually. But you know, Dark Order appreciates him, Sean. And sometimes you just got to go with the one that appreciates you. Somebody did they did they have shirtless dancing cowboys out there? They did. I believe, that, I believe, I believe that's who Stu Grayson was telling. Get back! Get back! You came out too early. And on the other end, uh, there was a man getting inside of a horse costume and had to run to the back. I mean, listen, if Raw can get David Crumholtz to do shirtless stuff on Raw, like if they can, and then not acknowledge it, because... not acknowledge it at all, like. That's the type of thing usually you'd have Michael Cole goes, it is that David Crumholtz from the from the hit TV series Numbers? <laughs> like <laughs> Oh man. They'd they'd have to do it like his most recent stuff, which nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> Was he in the Santa Claus three? I think so. He was in the Santa Claus one and two. I know that. Yeah. I've never saw three. I watched one for the first time last month. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Derek Davis says, 200strongfightful.com. He's singing the lyrics to our new song. Mm-hmm. He says, it's been stuck in his head all day. Thank you, Sean. Hashtag FTF. We had a very good musical number at the top of the show, which is included on the mixtape on YouTube.com slash Fightful Scraps. Also on that mixtape, the Denise Salcedo edition of Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. <laughs> Make sure you guys check that out. Oh boy, I loved the Young Bucks going to Kenny Omega's house and then being like, Alex Marvez, why are you here? And later, Kenny Omega is like, why were you at my house? But <laughs> I here's the thing. I used to hate it when Impact Wrestling would do those like hidden camera segments that you could tell everybody was mic'd up. No, I fully believe Don Callis walks around mic'd up. I think he's the kind of guy that walks around with a mic pack hooked up to him all the time. And somebody on Twitter said, he's a snitch. Of course he would. And I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. He is a fucking snitch. Of course he would. Uh, The oil painting was amazing. Looks like one you'd buy off Facebook, Robert. What a great birthday gift from Don Callis. Now, Don Callis has done a lot of things wrong in my eyes over the last month, but... 
the oil painting is something that will live on forever. I'm sure they will sell small, frameable 8 by 10 copies of this. T-shirts of it. I'm sure. It's probably up for sale as we are speaking. But that was funny. It was a gorgeous house. I don't know whose house it really was, but great looking house. The Young Bucks flat out called out Don Callis' bullshit. Hey, we used to work for the company that you worked for. We're sure that your checks aren't even any good because Don Callis tries to pay them off to just stay away from Kenny. And I like the little touch that Nick goes, oh, you're right, Max, referring to Max Buck. <laughs> like, I thought that was very good. Uh, I heard that got a big pop uh, when it played on the video screen in Jacksonville. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Kenny Omega looks like he and Moose met and had a real conversation about dressing. And Moose is like, let me give you some ideas. And Kenny was like, you know what? I like these ideas and started to implement them. That was hilarious. Him waving his shirt back as he was attacking Penta later on was great. We're finally starting to see a little bit of the AEW benefit in this. The Good Brothers are popping up on AEW TV. Let me tell you how much I love this. Okay, so I don't like the increased workload that my team and myself get on Tuesdays. I miss screeners from Impact Wrestling. (laughs) Truly. Please, Impact, start sending those again. Uh, But Impact, Robert, was good this week. And it wasn't just good. It was awesome. It was fantastic. There were surprises from start to finish. And Private Party felt like a main event act on Impact just by proxy of them being AEW wrestlers and being with Matt Hardy, who is perpetually a main event act on Impact. There's a lot of good shit going on there. Yeah. Originally, the workload is tough on Tuesday nights, but I'd rather a good show than a nothing show and have it wasted two hours. So I really enjoy Private Party getting a chance to work somewhere else. Matt Hardy saying, no, no, my guys get the shot. Because Jeff and I never even lost these belts. They took them off of us in a teleportation angle, which was stupid. (laughs) I I thought that was very good. Tony (laughs) Khan appearing in the impact zone with a captain's log. Jerry Lynn being the guy to do it because he's Jerry Lynn and he's a TNA original. There's lots of subtleties here that just play very well. It's, It's very, very good. And hey, the way I look at it is the busier we are on a Tuesday night, the more likely my staff is to to grow and get raises and us to do well and do more traffic and do more engagement. So, you know what? I'll take that over being like, uh, impact tonight. Well, it's been in the can for two months. Eh, They kept this really quiet. Like I talked to people from impact all weekend long. Didn't hear a peep about AEW. Uh, well, we have some super chats about this. Um, if I can track it down, my God, well, I'll, I'll just go ahead and, Read it. Eloquent says the Young Buck segment at Kenny's house was amazing. I was dying at that painting. It was really good. I think we should probably transition right into the Matt Hardy and private party versus Matt Seidel and top flight thing. You did see the inexperience here and you see why they put these guys with people like Matt Seidel and Matt Hardy, which is simple, common sense and brilliant. Private party really going ahead and doing the heel thing. They won with a chair. There were several, like the top flight spot where they flipped into the ropes. I don't know what was supposed to happen there. That's why you got to make everything make sense in the ring too. Not just from a story perspective. If you don't need to do that extra flip, 
don't do it. It doesn't make it better. Uh, I love seeing this at a private party, Robert. Yeah. Um, I can't talk about this match without talking about grumpy Jim Ross at his peak. JR was pissed. Now, look, there is a segment of the world that is just like, oh, we need to get rid of these grumpy old men and wrestling has evolved. Jim Ross was just like, I don't know anymore. Does it even matter anymore? Who is legal? It doesn't matter. But hey, Tony Schiavone's digging it, guys. So you know that means it's good. (laughs) Outside of that, uh, this was awesome. Private Party has fully bought into the big money Matt, who is the world's biggest carny, as yes. said by Tony Khan on Impact last night. This is great. I hope they win the Impact Tag Titles. Yes, I, I do too. There's a lot of fun going on here, and I'm all for it. And they're, they're breathing new life into people with this because when somebody crosses brands like that, they they seem more important. They they just do. And I'm all for it. Ryan B. Jam says, this is a good dynamite, but I'd say probably the weakest one they've done in at least two months, still 10 times better than Raw was. I don't see anything wrong with that statement at all. I, nope. I agree on all fronts, Alex. Raw is oh. a different breed. Raw is a different animal. It can't <laughs> be compared to any other wrestling show, not even SmackDown. No, it, it can't. Uh, but, but, I, but again, we were saying like this is the worst – Categorically, it's the worst dynamite they've done, maybe in the new year at least. And you know, I mean, since since the since the since the fall, even if you say that it's worlds better than anything Raw does, because Raw does consistently bad things, so you forget. Just like everything bleeds into another, when you have like this one's a down one, but it wasn't like a two out of ten; it was like a five out of ten or a six out of ten. Yeah, which 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 again is like bad for AEW, but world's better than anything that when they just don't even try like i don't regret watching this show that's the thing like i watch it i'm like not not a great episode to me although eloquent did say aw is great loving private parties turn that's the thing to some people this episode of aw is going to be great but i mean like i can't find anybody that's like oh yeah man this episode of raw was awesome and then I, I like I got people that are like, oh NXT or, or Raw need Raw and SmackDown need to take tips from NXT. No, SmackDown doesn't. SmackDown is worlds better than NXT to me. Like, it's lazy on Mondays. It's very frustrating. And this show on AEW did feel like they were like, uh, all right, let's let's phone one in. Rob says, I'm working on a Lambert Holbert oil painting for shop.fightful.com. <laughs> Lots of waiting around spots in AEW tonight, more than normal it felt. I noticed that in the first show, first match tonight, the the Dark Order match. What I would like in that situation is if Silver and Reynolds and Cabana were like holding their opponents in place, then at the last minute they kind of shoved them inwards. Like, like right. they're holding them there, waiting for their, their teammate to, to do the dive. Yeah, it feels really choreographed at times. And at some points in the show that we'll talk about later, you can literally see some people jump on other people's shoulders for their move. It's, it's not great. Eric Rivera says, Fulham was playing Manchester United this afternoon, so TK was probably distracted leading to the show, seemed to be disjointed. Oh, boy. If you think they get their shows done in the hours before, no, no way. 
if there's like a show in six weeks that is like off kilter, we might be able to look back and say, well, that one week Tony was preoccupied. They actually plan stuff out. They actually schedule stuff. But <laughs> yeah, that was, I don't think that was a part of it. They announced a top contender tournament for the women's title. Matt J. Hendricks says, are they going to rely on Joshi wrestlers for that tournament? Well, no. that would be a neat trick if they could pull that off because I, they, have, they haven't been able to rely on Joshi wrestlers for 10 months, Robert. Yeah, this sounds like they're getting ready to beef up the women's division, and I like it. Kenny Omega, just in an interview with TV Insider, said, I will have the biggest smile on my face when the women get more TV time, and then they go and announce the Eliminator tournament. Thanks for the headline, Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> very good. And you know, good on the quote tweets. <laughs> And, you know, I hope this works out. I hope it's not thrown together. The men's eliminator was great. This should be even better because they needed to be. Um, yeah. Emi Sakura did not wrestle for AEW in 2020. So I don't think they're going to rely on Joshi wrestlers. I, I would I would love to see if some possible crossover from Impact people. That would be a, a really, in, at least one would be really cool to see to get in, into that tournament to really beef up the AEW Women's Division. Jordan Grace, you know. What is it now? Jordan Grace, ODB. Yeah, got, well, I mean, Jordan, Jordan Grace's deal is up, uh, I think, in May anyway. So, I mean, mm. they might be able to snag her. Evan mm. Wright says, that beach break main event looks incredible. What is the main event of that? It is Kenny, once again, teaming with the Good Brothers, the old Bullet Club, going against Pac, Ray Phoenix and John Moxley because they took out Pentagon Jr. Yeah, they they seem to do this an awful lot with those trios. They're like, oh, well, we'll do two of them, but then we'll throw like Lance Archer in there, or we'll throw Moxley in there. And I'm like, ah, guys, come on, let's just let's just build these. Let's just build these. What you need to do is figure out a way to get Sammy Callahan into this match. I would like to see Mox and Sammy go against the Bullet Club. Ryan B. James is bringing in some impact women for the tournament. Someone like Rosemary and Tennille. I don't well, it think won't be Ty Valkyrie because she's in jail. Yes. Um, <laughs> Fightful Select exclusive. We told you guys she would not be doing the rest of the week's uh, tapings. Uh, so, yeah, she finished up, and I love that segment too. They sent her to jail, and Tom. they said, where's she going to go? And Tommy Dreamer says, if she's lucky, Jacksonville Penitentiary. Mm-hmm. If it's real bad... Stanford. And somebody <laughs> and then AC hey, Romero man. threw in the I hope it's not Baltimore, which is just yes. I love it. I love it. Uh they're getting very self-aware. Uh Nerd Guru says, is Mako Satamara still with AEW? No, no, they were they were trying to get her involved in I believe NXT UK at one point. Yeah. And Matt says, only asking because of the Japanese flag. Well, I mean, they have Sheeta there. Um, so I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure they I'm sure they've got plenty of people, but there are people like there are like eight women right now that I could reel off the top of my head that should be signed to a television program. And I'm looking and I'm like, if I'm ring of honor, I'm snatching them all up. I'm going to try because ring of honor needs that buzz. Uh, as far as this, I don't know if Rosemary would be a good fit for that. Uh, these days Tennille would be, I think she would be a really good one because she is a television star and she would fit really well. And quite frankly, there's a lot that the majority of that roster could learn from a Tennille Dashwood that has wrestled on various networks for years of her life. 
so, I mean, I think that would be very, very good. Up next, we had uh, Sting and Darby Allen. So Sting apparently out to congratulate Darby Allen on a title he's held for over two months, which was very, very weird. But Team Taz comes out and challenges them to a street fight. Derek, Dav- <laughs> Derek Davis says, you think taking it to the streets promo leads Darby and Sting versus Team Taz in a cinematic street fight? I yeah. do. I'm sure that you guys have played Streets of Rage once or twice in your life. <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favorite games ever. We got a guy with a skateboard and a guy with a baseball bat with a painted face. He's the role of Streets of Rage yeah. cinematic match. Please. Let's get it done. Here's the thing. The big guy. Like, he wouldn't be on their side, though. The big guy is for sure Cage. Was it Max? Max. Is that his name? Yeah. Yes. Of course. So uh, I'm all for this. If this is a cinematic thing. Darby is not a great promo. But um, they they keep it short and sweet, Alex. Yeah, I mean this he's he's all brooding. Like you don't really need him to talk much. Uh, he can just he can say a lot by just standing there with half his face painted and just yeah. looking dour all the time. Uh, I'm 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 totally into this. Um, our old friend uh, Mr. Warren Hayes had a fantastic idea. If they're going to do this as a um, a street fight. Uh, the other the other two members of Darby and Sting's team should be Surfer Sting and Wolfpack Sting. Um, they should just be able to like conjure them up and and have them do different face paints. So they you know, oh, it's going to be edited and pre taped. So yeah, let's do that. Like let's get nuts. I'm 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 down to get nuts in 2021, people. I think uh, the Lake of Reincarnation is currently closed, or there's a heavy <laughs> fee because of Big Money Matt. But this pairing is really interesting to me because it, it does look like Sting is the father who is like, I like Kiss. I get rock. Hey, <laughs> hey, I understand uh, you, son. They're, they're trying. And so far it's working. I know some people are like, oh, he's just another guy now. It's still Sting. It still works for me. Guys, uh, please leave a super chat. You'll get your question or statement read on the air. Cody Rhodes defeated Peter Avalon, and a month ago, Peter Avalon getting this much uh, offense would have bothered me, but the story has been that Peter Avalon has been winning, and now he wants a step up in competition, and he got that with Cody. He just wasn't ready for it. Um, the, there was a story of Cody having an injured knee. I mean, a little long, I guess, but considering the trajectory they made it made sense because Peter Avalon has won five straight matches since he and Brandon Cutler were at the race to the bottom. They've both been winning. Uh, it, it's a nice contrast, but Robert, what'd you think? I think if you really want to sell Cody versus Shaq or whatever, should have had Cargill cost on the match. And then Peter Avalon could say, I beat Cody Rhodes and forever. Yeah. He can say that forever. Of course, Cody can get the win back, but I guess right guy won here. Again, with Cody and Shaq, I don't get it. Right now, I'm really starting to regret that Cody did the whole I can't challenge for the world title thing because he would be a fantastic world title contender right now. And as it turns out, I think they kind of do need top-level world championship caliber contender people there. and Because you can only do the not-quite-there TV match so many times. 
Uh, Cody gets the win as well. My friend Jonathan Grindstaff says, any interest in saying the FTW title change hands or just a prop? Would love to hear your opinions. It's been just a prop. It has been. I think they got to start defending it on dark or more often. Like they got to start doing something like that. I get the feeling, and it's me getting the feeling, it's not me reporting, that they're getting pretty close to that third hour. And I think it'll be on Thursdays. Sorry, Robert. Sorry, Jeremy. Uh, maybe we can hire somebody. Uh, but <laughs> it like when I look at this, I'm like, okay, it seems like that's when we'll get more women's stuff on on prime time. That's when we'll get more FTW stuff. It seems like they are preparing themselves for that. And also, we're probably going to get less AEW dark, I would imagine, too. Yeah. Tony Khan said he was planning on framing the third hour of TV around the FTW title. I'm at the point where I want to see it, and I can do without the 16 matches of Dark. So let's yes. see where they go with that. It's a nice title. It still says Taz's name on it, so it doesn't work for me, but it is what it is. Yeah, I do not need AEW Dark being two hours. I mean, I think last week it was an hour and a half, and I was like, oh, okay. But ideally ideally that show to me is like an hour and if you spread it out a little bit and have some more important stuff on this this other show fine more power to you i encourage you uh so cody rhodes won obviously uh also i i love the the slap in the figure four too that was really cool ftr tully blanchard are in the back and jurassic express interrupt and say they want to fight FTR. Jungle Boy challenges Dax to a match. And they got one set for next week. But we had John Moxley and Nick Comoroto, who is a former a former NXT wrestler at NXT Castoff recently. Uh, he is a sirloin beef sons of bitch, as me and Alex would say. He's going to get signed if he's not already. Jesus. He's going to be a guy they can do something with in the future, I think. I have to imagine that Comoroto signed. I mean, he's he's being used an awful lot. Also, the guy's twenty nine; he's about to be thirty. I yeah. go ahead. I, I looked up from watching NXT here on my laptop, right in front of me. I look up, you know, to check in with with uh, with AEW. Nobody told me that 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 Moxley was going to be wrestling unfrozen caveman wrestler like that. <laughs> like he's. He looks amazing. Like he totally yes. like somebody took like Eugene and bombarded him with gamma rays. Like he looks like the the Incredible Hulk version of Eugene, and it's it's really like it's totally different. It looks like a looks like somebody time traveled a a, a, a mid card heel wrestler from 1989 and put him in the ring in AEW versus John Moxley. It's a really cool throwback look uh, for him. And like, dude, that guy's. He has a fantastic look and the strength and everything. I'm super into seeing where, where he goes. And I mean, he, you know, I still see jokes like huh, AEW wrestlers are short. And I'm like, listen, they've got a very good sirloin beef sons of bitches division now. Like you can't even make that joke anymore. It doesn't work. But Nick Comoroto doesn't get this spot if the people that he's working with don't have confidence in him. And he's been working with Scorpio Sky, Cage, Jungle Boy, Dark Order, Darby Allen on Dark. If I get the feeling if any of those people go back and tell one of the coaches, ah, he's the shits, then he probably ain't in there 
with John Moxley live on an episode of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. So that that speaks. I mean, I, I already thought highly of him. He came from the Monster Factory, and I I think the world of that training facility. But uh, John Moxley gets the win, and he uh, says anything can happen on Dynamite. And he doesn't know who's in the Bullet Club or part of Impact Wrestling, but he tells Omega that he messed up because he's ready to go after him. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, it was cool. I like that Moxley choked him out because he is just a giant of a man. So he's just going to choke him out. And again, I have to believe that this guy is not only signed, but he's going places because he is that old school heel that I know Cody Rhodes wants to work with. Ryan B. Jam says, Team Taz, Street Fighter, Cages Blanca, Starks as Vega. Yes. And Evan Wright says, Camarodo and Bear Country, keep adding beef. You know what? Wouldn't hate to see them as a trio either. Mm -hmm. Would not hate that at all. Uh, So backstage, Dasha interviews Lance Archer or uh, Eddie Kingston, and he'll face Lance Archer. Jake Roberts pops up and challenges him to a fight without Butcher and the Blade being there. But... uh, Archer and Roberts walk away with Kingston, uh, the Butcher and the Blade, along with Bunny, kind of stand and watch them all walk away. Simple. Does what it needs to do. Next week will be a fight. And then at some point, somebody's got to get some wins and somebody's got to get, you know, a championship chase underneath them. Chuck Taylor, a.k.a. Charles Taylor as the butler. I love this. Um, You got your death taxes and a 930... Women's match and Penelope Ford defeated Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch is one. I'm going to find out if she signed. This was not a wonderful match. Penelope Ford's got some work to do still, uh, but I mean they're they're probably going to get her there. Uh, Kip Sabian, great on the outside, but this is this did seem like it was. I mean, it did seem like a dark AEW dark match. And afterwards, Miro makes Charles tell Orange Cassidy that he's his best friend. I could have done without all this and had something a little bit more, 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 I don't want to say more important, but something else there. I got to go back to JR because Excalibur and Tony trying to do their jobs. Oh my, it seems that Miro has ripped apart best friends. And Jim Ross just goes, Are you kidding? He clearly doesn't care about these people. He clearly is just doing this because he was told to. Great. Jim Ross is a star and always will be. Uh, this this will only go for another week. Like that's the weird thing here is by beach break he'll be able to rip off the suit and do what he wants. And I'm very excited for that. I am very excited for for whatever wedding situation is here, and I'm fine with that. And I think we're gonna see. I, I know that Tony Khan had said something like he wanted to wait until the the records reset to push Miro or something. I'm okay with that. I think Miro can be a top level guy especially if they break him out of the uh, you're cutting a rug type of thing. Like there's a way to make him him transition there. Also Excalibur joked about Lana, not said by name, but <laughs> Lana using it. Charles Taylor as a footstool, which was funny. I love it. I really do. I mean, wh- why treat us like we're stupid? Like we don't know that she exists. I, I admire that. Well, Chris Jericho and MJF won this inner circle battle. Backstage, MJF tried to make peace. This match was all it was the over worst. The place. I have been a Chris Jericho fan for my entire life, boys. 
And this was the worst thing I think I've ever seen him do. This was sloppy. He, he almost, went for that he almost lion hated salt. in that lion salt. Yeah. He, oh, he went for that lion salt. And for the first time, I said, This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Oh, maybe it's time we stop doing the lion salt, Chris. I, I gotta give him credit. It looks like he's slimmed down since the NBA situation. You know what I mean? It looks like he's been hitting the gym so i'll give him credit for that but that that lion salt my man that was bad bad better better and you know before anybody says anything better than one that i could do but uh, yeah if if it happens like that again i would take that out of the repertoire and he's been very good about like adapting with the times with his repertoire that that lion salt looked like it was attempted by a man named Leon Salt. Like an old guy who sits out front of a deli eating a salami sandwich. Tried to do a lion salt. That's what that looked like. It was not good. Not good. Uh, um, there was also a Sammy Hagar cameo, which they cut off too quickly before he was even finished speaking, which was, I guess, just bad editing on their part. Uh Again, Jericho goes up for the Sammy Guevara go-to-sleep maneuver, and he just looks like he's, okay, I'm going to put myself on your shoulders now. There was so much sloppiness here, and I just don't understand it. So, yeah, I completely missed that. Sammy Hagar was actually on Dynamite. Yeah. Fantastic. You know what? I actually prefer Van Hagar to Van Halen. Uh, you know, I know it's a controversial situation, but I think right now is a fantastic song. I think it's one of the best rock songs ever, to be honest with you. I could be wrong now, but does he not also have a show on Access Television? Oh, like- of course he- <laughs> oh but how dare you assume that, that's, that, that you have seen any other commercial <laughs> on Access TV besides those goddamn scenes? <laughs> Hagar commercials. That's the only shit they promote. Uh, last night they were very into Ozzy Osbourne, so maybe they've moved on from one well, rock star to another. I think that I think that was part of the Impact Wrestling crossover, Robert. Like he <laughs> came over Don Callis. They do own the network. Remember? <laughs> yes. Oh my God! It's the only thing they show on that channel. It's so frustrating. Ryan B. James says that Lion Salt. Looked like his second worst one. The worst being where Mr. Perfect saved him. Ooh, well, you know what? If you're looking for that energy, if you're looking for that pep in your step, maybe you're looking to, to I, I don't know, get in a little bit better shape. Make sure that your lion salt hits. Magicspoon.com slash Fightful has you covered. Use that promo code Fightful. Save $5 off your order. You can cut down on carbs, sugar, and unhealthy food. And you can get zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbonate serving, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, GMO-free, magicspoon.com slash Fightful. Again, save $5 on your order. I always tout that variety pack, and I'm so glad that they decided to do this. 
you can now build your own custom variety box. I always mention the cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. That was the the basic variety pack that they have. Now there's peanut butter, and now there's cinnamon. So you can build your own variety box and decide what flavors you want, and I love that. Those are two of my favorite flavors, peanut butter and cinnamon. Uh, So being able to add those in with the cocoa, with the fruity, just makes my day. Get a little bit of everything there. Magicspoon.com slash Fightful. And they're so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. You got nothing to lose. One bowl gets you filled up. You're good to go. Magicspoon.com slash Fightful. I love this stuff. Denise Salcedo said on Twitter, does anybody ever really just eat one bowl of cereal? Yeah, I do. When I eat magicspoon.com slash Fightful. If if I'm out there eating like Cheerios or something, no way. I'm emptying out half that family size box before I'm done. And then I feel miserable afterwards. Miserable. Not with blue. I almost said blue chew. I ain't feeling miserable after that either. (laughs) But not after that blueberry magic spoon. Mm. And you know what? We have an honest to God testimonial from Hannah Ann. The cinnamon is delicious. I had it for breakfast this morning. I can't wait until uh, my new box of cinnamon comes here. I am very excited. Guys, reminder, donate a Super Chat. Please leave us a thumbs up. That would uh, help us out an awful lot if you would leave a thumbs up. Also, this past Monday, I dropped the Inside the Royal Rumble feature. I know that it's showing up in 360p on YouTube. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Sorry, but it sucks. But by the looks of it, I'm going to do another one of these in the future. You guys liked it so much. Uh, I had Corey Graves, Drew McIntyre, Triple H, Kevin Owens, Shotzi Blackheart, Bret Hart, uh, uh, among other people, Shane Helms, people that are in WWE, around WWE, contribute to this. In addition to Tom Pritchard, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, Ricardo Rodriguez, uh, Court Bauer of MLW, who was a writer, just a ton of people that helped out with the uh, Inside the Royal Rumble feature. So I hope you guys like it. NXT, I sure liked that. Kushida getting the win over Johnny Gargano. So good match. I got to say also, Alex, I just I just will speculate here. Do you think Austin Theory has any goddamn idea that Kashida's finish is the double wrist lock when he was using it? <laughs> no. I don't think that he has any clue that Kashida uses a double wrist lock as a finish. No. no. I don't and he did it as a as a rest spot in the middle of his match and I was yep. like, "No." Nope. Here's my booking problem with this. It's becoming very WWE. Yep. I love Kushida winning matches. I don't need him to get those wins over Johnny Gargano. I want the best wrestler against a guy who I think, oh, is he the best wrestler? Mm -hmm. I don't need to know now because Kushida's beat him twice. And I know the WWE method. He's going to lose to Johnny in the title match. Right. Or or somehow he wins it. But the thing of it is, the only way that they know – how to build to a title match is by having somebody pin the champion in a non-title match. That's that's the only way they have to figure out how to do it. There's no reason why he I mean, Austin Theory is right there. He can yes. easily take the pinfall. And then you can have Johnny duck Kushida until Kushida gets a match given to him by Regal. That's a very when you have somebody like Regal who's right there, 
who's a GM who makes matches because he believes certain people de- uh, deserve title shots. Like Kushida could prove it by beating everybody else there is. And Gargano can say no, can say no, can say no. And Regal says yes. And then the match is made. And you never have to have Kushida beat Johnny once. I I completely agree. I completely agree. Oh, this Pete Dunn, Finn Balor stuff. So Pete Dunn gets, cuts a promo on Finn Balor. And a tag match is set up. If I got to hear them refer one more goddamn time, Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor, to breaking each other's jaws, I'm going to snap. Mm-hmm. Are you still eating Troy Straw? Fuck, I, I don't know. Are you legitimately worried about that? Because you keep bringing it up. Yeah. We know that you all got hurt because you weren't on the show for three months. You didn't yeah. wrestle for like 90 days. Yeah. But he was back in like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. So like we let it go. Yes. And it's like, okay, I get it. They hurt each other's jaws. They dislike the same people. It's really hitting main roster territory for me. Yeah. Especially it's just that, that, that like you can't have these two guys who we, we both, uh, I guess, ostensibly root for, but they don't like each other. So the only way they have to like relate to each other is via dick measuring contest. Yeah. Like, you know, like you may have broke my jaw, but I broke yours too. Like whatever. Like I don't just like have a match. And and I'm sorry, but Kyle O'Reilly has two buddies. He already knows the size of their dicks. Why is he going and measuring dicks with some other guy? Man, you know, rather rather the dick you know than the one you don't. You know what I mean? That's true. It's true. As they say, Mm -hmm. as they say, I just don't, I'm not interested in this. I'm interested in Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. Yes. But Kyle O'Reilly's lost two title matches. Why why do I need to see him in this program? Well, I mean, uh, I I appreciate that they're doing a Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly respect each other, even though they hate each other. Yes. I like that. Um, and I, I get it if like, he's saying, I'm going to uh, cut the limbs off before I go for the head of the snake, which doesn't make a lot of sense because snakes don't have limbs. But uh, I appreciate that he says, I got to get rid of Oni and Danny first. And when you need a tag team partner, the guy he go, who else would he go to? He says, I have no friends. I only have enemies. The one that I respect the most is Kyle O'Reilly. That match is going to be great. Oni and Danny versus Kyle and, and Finn is going to be a great match. And then eventually you get to Finn versus Pete Dunn. That'll be a great match. But, okay, all the rest of the stuff seems like superfluous and extraneous. Carrying cross crushes. Hold on. Snakes have limbs. Randy Orton is a viper. He has limbs. And if you cut them off, he apparently still wins the Royal Rumble. That's a thing that he said on Monday, and I, it's burned in my brain, unfortunately. All these, like, cat and snake references, man. Man. Don't give me no milk. It upsets my stomach. I can't wait for that one. The cat of NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karrion Cross crushed Ashanti the Adonis. I need him to have a new finish. This was a, this was a summer 2020 Karrion Cross swatch yeah. match. This is the thing about it is that they 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 built him up just like this. Had him beat a bunch of nobodies, uh, then then built him up, built him up, g- gave him his title match. Uh, he won that handily. Got hurt in the process. 
he went away for a few months. Now he's back. And they obviously have no plans right now for him other than building him up the same way they did before, which just feels like a retread. And and he the, the character doesn't have enough legs on its own to what it's just it's 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 a spooky lip sync entrance and a Saito suplex and a choke. I mean, like, like they're not letting him actually set the world on fire with his stuff in the ring. So why isn't he demanding a title match? Exactly. He should be. He should be in Regal's office saying, "I'm going to murder your entire roster until you give me a title match." Yes. Like, why, why would Why would he not do that? Like the idea that Finn is basically like having this thing with Pete Dunne in the meantime, like doesn't make any sense. If Karrion Cross is ready, he should have an immediate. Title match versus Finn Balor. He never lost the the belt. It doesn't make any sense. Get an MSK video, and it starts out kind of funny, and then gets real stupid. Yeah, sure. It gets real stupid. Which I mean, what more do we need to say? <laughs> it's WWE. Yeah, Nerd Guru says no more squashes. He should only wrestle takeovers. No. I mean, yeah. If that means he's killing people every week backstage, like almost comical. Sid Vicious 2000 recreating Goldberg streak level yeah. of killing people backstage. I'm okay with that, Robert. Well, I have to go back. Was it again with the Lex Luger forearm that he won the match? What or do you mean? He... No, no. Yeah. Didn't he, 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 he? Is that what he did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he choked out Desmond Troy. Yeah, uh, yeah. He needs to choke everybody out because that forearm is not good. It's not good. And. He's, He's got to do better than that. Too. Yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're not letting him use any of it. Cyclops says, Scarlet in the entrance is good. Everything else is meh. I think him in the ring is good. I think he can, I mean, especially go watch like the MMA style match he did with Moxley. Just like really, really cool stuff. And the, the blood sports stuff as well. Uh, Imperium lose to Lucha House Party, who apparently are not bound by rules or anything like I don't know why they're allowed to be in the Dusty Classic, but I'm glad they are because I didn't see this coming. And if they didn't beat Imperium, I, I always would have just looked at them as like, well, they'll, they'll pop up, but they're always going to lose type of thing because we've seen that happen. Right. Uh, how do you feel about this? When Alex? the brackets came out and uh, a second round match versus Legato del Fantasma was there for, mm. for, for, uh, for Lucha House Party, I knew they were winning. And I was like, damn, that sucks for Imperium. They were like, champs like a few months ago and, and they're going out in the first round same thing with brazongo now we got this thing that's happening where where uh ashante adonis he's out so i guess tony nice and whoever the hell his partner is get a buy into the second round like they don't need that you could have easily done brazongo into the second round or or some it's a weird thing that that bracket didn't make any sense to me i'm fine with this like it's a weird deal like the lucha house party is just like these traveling baby face luchadors who go anywhere as long as they're there to do moon salts. And it's fun for the kids to watch. Like they're, why are they the only team that gets to do this? Every the dusty classic should be open to, to one team from raw and one team from SmackDown every time they do it and see what happens. Like if, if it's a, if it's a big, if it's a good team we know of and they end up losing in that tournament, it doesn't hurt them necessarily, but it gives a hell of a rub to the NXT team that beats them. There's a lot of stuff you could do here that's not this, whatever they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not more. I, not much more I can say about this. Uh, Tyler Russ is backstage in William Regal's office, and he tells 
Malcolm Bivens that he got himself a match with Bronson Reed. And Malcolm is like, no, why? <laughs> and I, I like this. Malcolm Bivens yeah. has his best interests at heart. But when Tyler Russ is in the ring, Malcolm Bivens is fully behind him. It's like you always hear about the Vince McMahon ideas. Like there, there would be people to be like, no, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. But then when he gets his mindset, they're like, all right, let's do our best. Let's let's do our best. I like this out of Malcolm Bivens. It's it shows that he is a manager that cares about his client, and it's not necessarily what we would expect out of the, the slimy guy. Yeah, I, I I appreciate him like uh whispering to his client, uh, that's that's not the way it would have gone. But then turning to the interviewer and saying, We're gonna go out there and we're gonna compete and we're gonna try and win. Like it's it's a different thing that one is for private consumption and the other one's for public. I, I like it. It's it's multidimensional. Yes. It's not predictable. And Bronson Reed won. Uh, highlight of the match is where Bronson Reed decided to gr- to grab Tyler Rust by his dick and sling him around. Yep. They called it a reverse follow-away slam. I said, no. He grabbed the man by his penis yep. and heaved him. Yep. Now, are we talking like Dabakato? We're talking, we're like, talking like Bronson Reed got a handful of cock and balls, and then he realized he was on live TV with a handful of scrote and said, uh, what should I do here? I'm going to bet he doesn't do that move again. Yeah. He, like I'm telling you guys, I can't wait to screenshot this, and I feel bad that I'm even doing this. I'm a professional. I I, I get paid a salary, and my work time will be spent searching for a screenshot mm. of Bronson Reed grabbing Tyler Rust's um um his rusty kettle, as as <laughs> salad fingers would say. Yep. Uh, <laughs> my God, I'm telling you guys, like just a full and you could like see it on him he's like oh oi mate got his balls <laughs> however he talks yeah oh. i i really i really like bronson reed i don't know what his ceiling is in nxt so so uh, honestly this is I, I i think that he would make an amazing addition to the roman reigns stable if he go. got called up like he could go he's ready for it get called up and just be the enforcer just be this guy who just just beats the hell out of people on Reigns' behalf, and like and and show Jay Uso how it's done. And Here, Jay gets really really pissy about it. There's a lot of stuff you could do there. You know, how I always say that Damian Priest is what they wish Baron Corbin was. I think Bronson Reed is what they would have dreamed that Brodus Clay could be. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, you don't know what Bronson's ceiling is going to be, but he sure knows where Tyler Rust's basement is. That's for sure. Uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter defeated Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. Josh Cardenas says, better tag team wrestling belongs to NXT tonight. By far, not even close. And that might be a one and done. But considering this tournament, maybe not. Uh, Alex, I liked how they set this up. Normally, I'd say Tony Storm does not need to lose. But Io Shirai cost this two on one, too much to overcome. Yeah. I've got a few things to say about this. Caden Carter would not shock me if Vince takes a look at her one time and says, "God damn, get her on Raw." Yeah, like just just how she is. Yeah, Casey Catanzaro <laughs> doing whatever that was. <laughs> Joseph says Casey Catanzaro. That is all. We yeah. uh, had a super chat where. Um, 
record wrecker says, don't know if Casey's that Phoenix Centon bomb it was how was how it's supposed to be, but it looked awesome. It did look awesome. It looked incredible. I've never seen anything like that in my life, Alex. Yeah, it was it was uh, out of this world, off the charts. Um, I, I, I couldn't. I, I was like, I didn't know what I was watching until I saw the slow mo replay, and I was like, that's amazing. She over rotated, like she over rotated or under rotated, like she almost did a full on like Phoenix splash double foot stomp, which I think would have murdered Tony Storm if she landed on her in the right spot. So like this, this is all, uh, this is great. It's super cool. They're letting Casey Catanzaro do the acrobatics that she's able to do in the ring. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of, of her and Caden Carter. I think it's a cool uh, Cinderella story. Uh, they're, they're probably going to get murdered in the second round by Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, yeah. but that's, that serves a purpose as well. Um, the weird thing about it was their interview afterwards where they were like, we told you, we told you we were going to shock the world. We did it. We're going to go all the way in the tournament. I'm like, slow down. Io Shirai eliminated your top opponent in that match. Yes. Io Shirai showed up and got rid of Mercedes. So it was a two on one for the last two minutes of the match. Like, okay, you won. Good for you. But like, you should be also be able to, as baby faces, recognize that it wasn't all you're doing and we're the best ever. Um, it's also weird that like Io Shirai was fine and off TV for a long time. Her top two people that were gunning for her were in this tournament and and otherwise occupied. And Io Shirai said, I'm going to make sure that Mercedes Martinez is extra pissed at me and get her out of this tournament so she can focus on beating my ass, which is a really weird way of doing it. Yeah, and, and usually I don't like the distraction finish. I don't like the interference, but I thought it made sense in a lot of different ways. And it's one, it's just good to see EO there. Yes. And just really good. I'm I'm liking uh Caden and Casey a lot. Uh not as much as I like this. <laughs> Look at that. Shout out to Joel Pearl for passing this along. Yeah. This is abuse. Oh my God. What we should have had was (laughs) what we should have had was uh, Dexter Loomis up in the, the, the top (laughs) painting, like somebody's balls just getting racked. There you go. That's going to be bad for you. By the way, there was an Isaiah Scott Bronson Reed interaction. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. At this point. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what that gives us. Killian, a match between the two eventually, sure. Killian Dane and Drake Maverick are uh, interviewed. They'll be taken on MSK. I like this. It lets people who who might not know what's going on on 205 Live that this happened, and I like them putting matches that matter on 205 Live as well. Yes, I like that too. I also really like the dynamics of this little promo where Killian Dane felt like he was being interrupted by Maverick, but Maverick sold him. Via via the, the the passion of his promo, and by the end, he's like, "That was pretty good." You think yeah. so? Like, I I still love these two guys together. I really do. Nerd Guru says Raquel and Dakota should definitely win the classic, but I don't think there's any world where Vince lets Charlotte get pinned by any of them, like Rhea. Well, have they established that? No. The winner. Oh, God, they should. Open. They haven't. No, open no, no, meanwhile, that. they're having Shayna Baszler go on Raw and say. You know, you know what? We haven't got our rematch. Well, yeah. the reason you haven't got your rematch, Shayna, is because automatic rematches went away in 2018. Yeah, right, right. Uh, also, the, the they have they decided to 
to put the tag titles on these two women and have one of them feud uh, with with a demonic possession and the other one feud with basically a version of herself, except for more of a Southern stereotype, who who is trying just trying to get into her father's pants. So like the tag titles of the women aren't even involved in anything going on right now. Man. Uh, the Legato Del Fantasma promo, he, he cuts another promo. We, we've seen this so many times. So it's like, this is so not what I wanted when they started this because it seemed so cool. Now it's the same thing yeah. all the time. It's whoever they're feuding with and a buddy coming yeah. out and, and fighting them. And that's it. Yeah, I I I really thought they were going to do a lot more with Santos Escobar stuff. Um, and when he started cutting this promo, I was like, "Holy shit, is Jordan Devlin going to show up?" He was he was like, "No, no one is as big a champ as I am, and nobody nobody's like a champ like me, or whatever." He also called out Karrion Cross, which is weird. Um, but hey, Kurt Stallion finally gets his his title shot that he earned like in November. Um, but on on Twitter. Uh, Buddy Murphy uh, tweeted out that uh, he says, hey, I know one guy you haven't beaten, uh, Cruiserweight Champ. And I was like, oh, "Oh, can we get that instead of whatever the hell they're doing with Buddy Murphy right now on SmackDown, which is absolutely nothing (laughs) since December. But how much of a downgrade would it be from beating Seth Rollins to, hey, you're on this show now? He he beat Seth Rollins in in November before uh, Survivor Series. And his last match, he lost to Baron Corbin on December 4th. They haven't done anything with him on SmackDown in six weeks. A step up would be fighting Santos Escobar at NXT. I remember when people swore up and down during that Roman Reigns attack thing. Oh, they're getting Buddy Murphy over. I'm like, no. Homeboy was accidentally in the background. A lot of people tweeted about it, and they said, well, let's do something. And then he wasn't on TV until Paul Heyman literally said, I'll pass on Braun Strowman if you give me Buddy Murphy. And then he ended up on raw that's what happened um yeah yeah so we get kyle and finn challenging lorkin and birch for the titles next week that's official and fight pit happens fight pit rules it's great 2020 was the best year for new matches maybe ever we got a lot of the cinematic advances but stadium stampede Beyond like just just the cinematic, you had ver- various kinds: tooth and nail. You had Firefly Funhouse, Boneyard Match, lots of those. The deletion that was already around, but you had the I Quit Hell in a Cell. You had the Casino Ladder Match, which I think is a fantastic twist on a ladder match in a Royal Rumble. Uh, the last like great new match type that I remember before last year was maybe Elimination Chamber because I you can't say Money in the Bank. That's just a ladder match. At least the casino ladder match is like a Royal Rumble in a ladder match. This is something that I look at, like the fight pit, and I'm like, this is an event. This is big. And without a title, Alex, it is the honest-to-God main event of a TV show. And it rules. Yeah, I I really love it. Um, I, I appreciate that Like Thatcher has his match. Like he's undefeated in the fight pit. Because there have been two matches and he was victorious in both of them. There's a weird deal that 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 all WWE commentary does, where everything has to be over exaggerated in a certain way. Like um, the way they do it with with Hell in a Cell. Oh, this match changes you. You can't walk into Hell in a Cell and then walk out again and be the same man. And they're doing the same thing about the fight pit, but they're 
before tonight, there was one, count them, one matches in the fight pit. And the two men who were in it are fine. Like, one guy is on Raw and the top contender for the U.S. title. The other guy is in the second fight pit match. So it doesn't change anybody. I would love if Thatcher was like, have you even seen Riddle on Raw? I knocked him stupid. <laughs> like, one of those. That'd be good. Like... Like he's getting taken out by phantom foot stomps. I've changed him psychologically. I, I do love when that happened. Riddle didn't get his foot stomped. Then yep. he grabbed the wrong foot. Yes. Oh my God. He's Joseph high, Cor- man. What can you do? Joseph Correa says, who'd you put in the fight pit next? Well, it has to be Thatcher. And then who, who, who's he going to go up against? Let me look at allowed to do it. Let me look at the uh, Kyle O'Reilly. That's who. That's who yeah. I put in the fight pit. Kyle yeah. O'Reilly or Kushida. That is who I would put in the fight pit. Yeah. And I might put them both in there. Yeah. I might see how that works out. Uh, but this match ruled. And Thatcher won with a stretch muffler. They called a modified stretch muffler. No, it was just a stretch muffler. And it was a good one. And then he gets right in Ciampa's face and j- doesn't tease him, doesn't taunt him, just yep. stares at him. Yep. And this is how, like, when they had their first match, I was like, okay, I want more because I didn't know what was going to happen. And now they've done it again. No stakes, nothing on the line. Just two tough sons of bitches. And I want to know what happens next, Alex. Yes. This is the other thing is that you and I have bemoaned 50-50 booking since the inception of Fightful and us working yes. together. This is the kind of 50-50 feud that works. Yes. Like, I want to see a best of seven between these two guys, and at the end, I want them to realize they're best friends, and I want them to ruin everybody's day. I, I mean, like, I think it's a really cool thing for them to, like, realize that, like, you got one over me, and I got one over you, and the next thing Chapa can say is, well, yeah, you beat me in your match. Let's see what we can do elsewhere. I constantly refer to... uh Savio Vega and Steve Austin. It was a very 50-50 feud, but it was one that got over Steve Austin. Not not the ringmaster, but when he was the ringmaster. They went out there on an episode of Raw Cold and beat the shit out of each other, and they went to a double count out, and they wouldn't stop fighting, and I was like, well, damn, I want to see them fight again. And they did, and Austin cheated to win, and I was like, hmm. Okay, well, can he get him the next time? Well, then they did Savio's match, and he couldn't, and he lost his manager. It was it was really good stuff that that advanced people. Uh, at some we also have a super chat from Nerd Guru saying, "Not sure it was said, but great to see Beth." Yes, it was amazing yeah, to see Beth Phoenix always. And uh, Nerd Guru says, "I'm thinking Thatcher and Champa sub in the the cup. I would love to see them team up." NXT is deceptively shallow in, in their tag division. That's why they had to start Killian Dane and Drake Maverick and all these other teams. Robert, do you think we could see them team up and sub in the I, cup? I would love that. Uh, Dusty Cup realistically gave birth to the Tommaso Ciampa we know today. Tim and yeah. Gargano were just add-ons, and it led to this great journey. They should win. Quite frankly, if they're going to be in the tournament, they should win and then take the tag titles because they can breathe life into the division. Like you said, it is deceptively shallow. We talk about the greatness of the NXT tag division, but I think that's at this point the memory of a year and a half ago when it was the Street Profits, Undisputed Era, 
Um, you had teams like the War Raiders and all these teams that still felt fresh and full of life. We need a team like Tommaso and Thatcher to give new life to these teams and to give new life to themselves. Ciampa's going nowhere. He needs to either move up, which he refuses to do, or you know, stay in the world title picture, which he's not doing. Thatcher is undefeated in the fight pit. Great. He needs to win other matches too. And this would be a good way for him to do exactly that. Guys, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Quite frankly, we are breaking more news than anybody in wrestling. I promise you, if you try it out, you will love it. That's the most direct way to support us in what we do. FightfulSelect.com. Just tonight during the show, I broke the news of a True sirloin beef sons of bitch that was backstage at NXT. Uh, he quite frankly looks like Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman is pushing for him. You're going to want to get to know this guy. We did a supersized edition of The List Goes On Today where we talked about NXT testing. Uh, if Triple H didn't marry Stephanie, Ethan Page, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Riddle, Goldberg, Matt Cardona. I gave you the update on James Storm's Impact Wrestling contract. Uh, there were a lot of people asking, why is Jessamine Duke not in the in the uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic? That info is on Fightful Select. I had information on the new uh, WWE women signings. Priscilla Kelly, Lacey Ryan, Elena Black. That's just today. That's just today. Make sure you guys check it out. Alex, tell the people what you do over there. Uh, I uh, nitpick the hell out of uh, WWE. It's uh, it's a sickness. I can't stop myself. Uh, last night I talked for an hour and forty five minutes, uh, and and somebody somebody uh, said sent me a list of the things the 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 observations that I had made, and I, I was looking at the list and I legitimately had forgotten that I had said those things because <laughs> it just is stream of consciousness. Anything comes into my head comes out. People seem to like it. Uh, you can find me. It's uh, good. At- Alex Sourgraps on the Twitter. I, I do a show every Tuesday and Sunday and Saturday nights. Yeah. Robert, tell the people what's up. Yeah, you can find me on Fightful literally every day of the week. And over there, I'm always breaking the news, doing the ratings. Got an interview coming with Matt Dickey, who created all of the Wrestling Revolution games that you probably played on your phone. So that's coming Likely this weekend to Fightful.com. Very excited about that. And yeah, follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice. Guys, we got so much stuff going on. We've got a Twitch. There is so much cool stuff over there. We're doing all kinds of different stuff at twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.